Right, I want to welcome you to our equip hour here at the Village Church of Bartlett. Um, our intent, um, as you have seen and will continue to see, is that is that we would go through these particular um, calm hot topics, but they're really topics that would allow us to be able to, um, I'll call it, develop a biblical worldview. And 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 sometimes that's very different than our culture. We're going to talk a lot about that today. And so coming up in the next. Uh, uh, through up until the summer, um, what you see here is the schedule, and so uh, there we are on May 15th. Um, next week during this hour, we have a mission, the missions conference, of which uh, that will be used for um, having some one of our missionaries be able to share with you their 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 ministry. Who's that going to be? Robinettes, yeah, uh, Jim Cappy. And the, and and then uh, the next week we will not have an equip hour. It's during the Memorial Day weekend. The following week, um, weekend, uh, June 5th, will be uh, the con- a congregational meeting. Then we'll pick back up for the next three weeks up until the summertime, which we will be taking a break from the equip hour for the, f- for the first four weeks of July. But the next three topics that we'll cover will be eating disorders, or anorexia and bulimia, um, a much bigger issue than you, you might think, um, uh, homosexuality, um, Mike Boyle is going to um, that one, and then um, I'll be teaching one at, on June 26 on living together outside of marriage. And this has multiple dimensions to it. One has to do with before marriage. One has to do, you know, just as, as we're older, you know, our economy has, has a desire, you know, to be able to, you know, share costs and all those kind of things. So we're going to talk a lot about, you know, that also. Okay? So um, through our time, uh, we've gone through the roundtable of questions and exercises and uh, want to move now into taking a look at um, what do the scriptures say. I love this quote down below. Is uh, God made man and then said, I can do better than that, and made woman. <laughs> uh, start with that. Maybe it'll go downhill from there. <laughs> um, I just want to be able to share with you what our culture really does tell us about this particular subject. And I'm going to give you a few uh, items. As you can see in your notes, there's some fill-in-the-blanks just kind of keep you with where I'm at. Um, so I'm going to give you a number of, of things that they say, and then I'm going to ask you for some more of them, if you would. So w- first thing they would say really comes to do with our, our culture, which is that women have been, quote, held back and need to be emancipated in order to attain or realize their full potential. Second one is that the Bible's perspective regarding women as leaders and teachers was due to their, quote, cultural filter as it pertains to either submission or subordination. Cultural uh, filter that Paul and the disciples and um, the apostles had uh, tied to um, why they said what they said. Uh, The third one here is that we must become tolerant and and we are an egalitarian society. So, So that's a huge word. What does that mean? What does egalitarian mean? Anybody? Equal in function, okay. Anybody else? Okay. So equal in function. Okay, good. So a tolerant society that, that, that we need to allow um, um, all, all things to be able to uh, occur. Um, the Bible must be understood and applied to today in order to be culturally relevant. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Um, makes a lot of sense. Next one is that our culture has become engrossed and fixated on not necessarily what I can do, but what I can't do. That, that seems to be a really important um, element of this discussion here. 
And then uh, whatever a man can do, a woman can do better, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I tend to say most, most of the time, no. Um, uh, it's better to lead than to follow. Better to lead than to follow. Tends to be what we hear. I like this one. My goodness, if, if, a, if a woman can become president, she can certainly become a pastor or a teacher of men, can't she? Right? I mean, push the glass ceiling, right? The last one here is that the word submission to authority and gender, quote, roles are, tend to be looked, looked down upon, if you would, tend to be looked down upon with our culture. Um, any other ones that, that, that I might have missed that we should add to this that, that, should be, that would be material to this conversation from our cultural's, cult, culture's perspective? Any other thoughts? Okay. Can do it all? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. Any other ones? Okay. So um, our objectives, uh, let me be very clear what I want to accomplish today. So first and foremost, when we think about our objectives, um, some introductory comments First of all, I, 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 I thought about what, uh, this, this, to, this topic this morning, and I, I just want to say that I'll, I'll have a good chance of losing at least 50% of the people in this room. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding you. Um, but, but, but seriously, when we think about this topic, um, uh, I appreciate Michael punting to me. Um, <laughs> and, um, he was, he was going to be the one to teach it, and, I, and asked me to, 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 to do that instead. Um, but also, uh, when, when we think about this issue, I, I think it's really important to, um, to talk about what the scriptures say about what this is. I'm so glad that it's not me sharing you, with you my thoughts. Um, at the end of our time together, Michael and I um, uh, possibly will go to that place, but most likely won't. Uh, our intent today is to really talk about the biblical principles and what do the scriptures say. Our intent is to like, like do that and allow you to go wrestle with this. Allow you to work through what the practices are to those principles. Um, the, first, the very first passage that I came to in, in this study, uh, it was classic as what the commentary said. You, you'll laugh. It says... Um, the, on this particular issue regarding men's and women's roles in the church, this has been no small discussion. <laughs> that, was, that was how it started. I was like, great, okay, appreciate it. Um, but, uh, um, th- so we're going to look at, at what the scriptures say. Second thing is to compare, I mean, first one is to compare that with our culture. Second one here is to provide a clear understanding of, those re- of the reasons behind the principles. That's what I want to try to do today. And the third one is to really encourage our, our women here from the st- point of their immeasurable value to, the, to this body and to the church. And last but not least, to um, provide some time at the end of our time together from a question and answer perspective to give you the ability to exercise this together um, in questions and discussion and try to really land the plane as much as we can as it pertains to where the rubber meets the road. Okay? So when... I'm, so my intent as to the flow that we're going to cover, okay, is I'm first going to want to talk about women as pastors. Second of all, I want to talk about women as teachers. The third thing I want to do is I want to deal with four main scriptures, okay? The first two won't be very in-depth. The third one will be more in-depth, and the fourth one won't be quite as in-depth. And then we'll draw some conclusions, okay? Fair? All right? So women as pastors, Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Would somebody 
just wherever you're at, loudly read this for us, if you would. Anybody? Okay, so one of the key questions here has to do with, with this passage, has to do is, is this, is he talking about uh, um, offices of leadership here, or is he talking about um, giftedness, or both? And so, first of all, I want to talk about the spiritual gift of pastor. The, the context of, or the actual context here talks about pastor-teacher. It kind of connects the two together somewhat. Um, but the spiritual gift of pastor-teacher. The word pastor has been, is translated um, shepherd. Um, it, it, just, it really means one who takes care of, of, the, of the sheep or the body. And Village Church's description of, of the spiritual gift of a pastor-teacher is the spiritual ability to shepherd. That's the, that's, the, that's the most important piece of that. And then the second part is proclaim and make uh, the word of God relevant to the local church. That's, that's, that's the definition we have right now, that specific spiritual gift. And so God gave specific individuals, according to this verse, to the body of Christ in order to um, shepherd his body or his sheep. Um, women, obviously, certainly uh, have this spiritual gift of shepherding. They have this spiritual gift of shepherding. Um, we're going to come back to that. Next is um, 1 Timothy 3, 1 and 2. Somebody want to read that out loud? Anybody? It is a trustworthy... Okay, so um, uh, next one. That out, whoops, I'm sorry. Sorry, the office of elder pastor. So going back to this particular issue then, um, it appears that... Um, when you look at this, that um, all the scriptures that refer to this, quote, office of pastor or elder, uh, the people in it, um, it, it talks about the character qualities of those individuals as, as being character qualities that would, that would be resident of men. Um, now, if you are approaching this from an egalitarian or, or a differing perspective, you would say, well, that, that's the, they all were men, so that's why they said what they said, and therefore... Um, uh, 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 you know the scriptures uh, talk about these as being completely all men uh, in that role. Uh, one of the, what what from the verses up above um, might change your perspective on that? As men, right? Okay, it's hard hard for a woman to be a husband of one wife would be a point that, that would be brought out at that point in time. Okay, the second part to the office of elder that I wanted to look at is in Acts 20. We won't turn there, but in that passage in verses 17, 28, uh, 17 and 28, um, it actually talks about these different, uh, I'll call it roles, as being the same people. So the, the different roles are pastor, the word pastor or to shepherd, the word elder, the word overseer, and the word bishop, um, overseer or bishop, if you would. So all these talk about the role or the, the um, office, uh, the per- people in that office, uh, playing that role of leading, guarding, uh, uh, feeding, and caring for the body. Um, the word overseer obviously is synonymous with the term pastor based on what we see in Acts 20. So it follows then that whoever is in this role, whoever it is, um, uh, must have the ability through, through discipline uh, to exercise, and, and through teaching we're going to find out, to exercise um, authority in lives. Whoever it is must exercise authority in lives. Okay? Yeah. Yeah, the scriptures primarily refer to pastor, elder as the same, same, same person, along with uh, overseer. Um, 
the fact that you have a person who's possibly paid um, full-time or not paid at all or, or paid part-time uh, isn't an issue that the Scriptures necessarily speak of. It, correct. Yeah, if you look at in 1 Timothy 3, um, the New Living Translation, interestingly enough, it says Office of Overseer, translates it as elder also. Shepherd, right. Yep. 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 Any other questions on that? Okay, so, so whoever is in this role must have the capability to exercise authority um, with the body, right? Okay, women as teachers. Uh, would somebody read this out loud for us? Anybody? Okay, anything about a man versus a woman here other than using the pronoun he, we, or the he? Not at all, right? Okay, somebody want to read the next one? Anybody? Okay, again, the same conclusion here. Somebody want to read 1 Peter 4, 10, and 11 for us out loud. So two major themes that tie to giftedness. One has to do with serving. One has to do with um, speaking. Um, and the scriptures are not clear here at all as to, you know, that one is for men and one is for women. Has not, it, it, that doesn't enter into the picture at all. But however we, you exercise those gifts, do it for the glory of God. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the spiritual gift of teaching then. Um, Village Church's description of this is a spiritual ability to interpret and systematically present, explain, instruct, and apply the truths of God in an understandable way. That's the spiritual gift of teaching. What's fascinating here is, uh, well, first of all, women uh, certainly have this gift. Women certainly have the gift of teaching. Um, some further clarity here is that... Uh, in the, in the New Testament, or in the scriptures, that, that teaching, the way it's defined here, is, is, is reserved for those people who have that gift. So it's not just all teaching that happens. It's, it's the spiritual gift of teaching. Another thing here, which is interesting in the pastoral epistles, which is First and Second Timothy and Titus, um, this, this, this word is primarily meant to speak of um, authoritative doctrinal Instruction. What is the difference between doctrine and truth? Is all truth doctrine? Pardon me? I'm, you said something, Herb? I said, you said no? I started to say one thing. Okay, okay so all truth is, is not doctrine. But is all doctrine truth? Yes, okay. So what's the difference? Okay. Okay. All right. Much of what, what we learn in school, you know, very well could be truth, right? Sometimes it's not, I know. <laughs> I get it. Um, but... Mo- but it, so, so what makes what's the difference between truth and biblical truth? Yeah. That's the difference, right? So, biblical truth is that truth which is which is expounded and exposed, illuminated from the Word of God, the Scriptures, versus just truth in general. Makes sense? Okay. Um, so, while not restricted to only pastor, elders, or overseers. Um, Teaching in, the, in that sense was, was primarily more in that area. Now, one might say that, well, that was, the reason for that was because we were laying down the scriptures, the apostles were laying down the scriptures, they were putting it in place, it hadn't been written yet, so that was very important for whoever did that, that, that those individuals were tied to uh, the finalization of, of the scriptures as we know it today. Okay? Um, the last one here is that the activity of teaching by its very nature of being, quote, biblical truth, divinely revealed, has what? It has an authoritative aspect to it, right? 
it's, it's not like other truth. It's, it's authoritative because it is literally the Word of God in our lives. Make sense? Okay? So let's move on. Let's take and turn to Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Would somebody read this out loud? This is the first of the four passages we're going to look at. Okay? We are all one in Christ Jesus. So, one of the things that you'll see from this verse, this is the primary verse that most individuals who would believe that, um, that, that teaching and, and, and authority tied to male leadership is, um, it, it was really a part of a cultural thing as opposed to being a context that's a larger picture than just that would primarily look to this verse. This is one of the key verses. Not all of them, but one of the key ones. Um, and uh, uh, they would say that, and this, this makes all the sense in the world, right? I mean, the gospel came to free people who have sinned, right? And therefore, Christ's redemption abolishes all these, quote, distinctions tied to male-female leadership submission, uh, Etc. that obviously came from the fall. Make sense? Make sense? Okay. Um, so that, that's, that's what that people would say here. But what is the context of this verse? Um, verse uh, 28. It says, There is therefore neither Jew nor Greek, neither slave nor free, male nor female, you're all one in Christ. What's the context here, though? Coming to faith in Christ, right? How do we know that, right? He says in verse 29, you all belong to Christ. Okay, your heirs according to the promise. Chapter 4, verse um, uh, uh, 1, it's talking about as a child. Uh, verse 26 of chapter 3, for you all sons in, of God through faith in Christ. All, verse 27, all baptized into Christ. Okay, so the context very much has to do with salvation. It has to literally be doing with coming to Christ. Okay, so um, it speaks of our equal union, brothers and sisters, men, women, rich, poor, slave, free. All of us at the foot of the cross are one in Christ because we've been saved by grace through faith, and that, and now we're all children of God. And so this glorious redemptive process of making us, quote, one, it has everything to do with um, our, our being one as far as uh, our sonship and heirship, if you would. Any questions about that or any issues or con- con- conversation about that discussion? Is that, is that how you read this? Okay. Okay. All right. Good. Well, let's move next to 1 Corinthians 11.3. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3. 1 Corinthians 11, 3. Would somebody read that out loud? Okay. <clears throat> Christ is the head of every man. Man is the head of every woman. And God is the head of Christ. Okay? So, I'm just going to say, this, this context does not appear to be talking about marriage. It may, but it doesn't appear right here to be talking about marriage. Um, so, Submission of women to men uh, appears here to be a part of a series of spiritual uh, 
submission and headship re- relationships. So what, is, what are the relationships that he gives here? What, what's the first one? Where does it start at the top? God, not just God, but God the Father. To, to who? To Christ. And, and is Christ equal with the Father? Yes or no? Yes. Okay? But according to this, he says, God the Father is the head of Christ. What does that mean? What does that mean then? What does head mean? Source. Okay, it does mean source. A leader. Okay, leader. Being most easily taken hold of. Okay. Alright? Okay, so God has authority. Is that, is that a good way? God the Father? Is that, is that a good way to say it? God the Father has authority over Christ. Is that because Christ comes to him and goes, if I have to, I'm going to. <laughs> no, right? Christ does that willingly, in submission, desires to. He says, I only do what? The will of the Father. It's my whole passionate pursuit to do. That's what he says, right? But he's, he's still equal with him. Okay, Christ to, to, to the man. Same thing. Same thing. Um, the woman to the man. Same thing. The woman here is the only one who is not referred to as with the word head. Only one. Now, that's, that's the principle. Okay? The question of the day is, well, does this mean this applies to all men and women's relationship? Um, or just married men in relationship? Or what is this all about, Mark? I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> so next is, these relationships have nothing to do with the temporal circumstances of the day. It is a divinely ordained and constituted hierarchical order here. Just because Corinth had a problem with X does not mean that Paul said this to them. This is a larger, wider, more expansive principle because it's part of what? The Godhead. It doesn't even have to do with creation. It has to do with the Godhead and how the Godhead interacts. Fair? Right? Okay? So headship here emphasizes hierarchy. It has nothing to do with inferiority. It has nothing to do with inequality. Um, and, it, and it has everything to do with the Godhead. Okay. Um, 1 Timothy 2. We're going to spend a little bit more time here. Uh, if you didn't get the last one, there it is. Um, 1 Timothy chapter 2. Turn there with me if you would. 1 Timothy chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 11 through 15. 1 Timothy 2, 11 through 15. Okay? A um, couple of things. The setting here. The setting here has everything to do with how Paul, uh, Paul tells Timothy in chapter, one verse, uh, uh, chapter 3, verse 15, how you, Timothy, who I left in place in Ephesus, should conduct yourself and all those who are part of the body in what he calls the household of the living God. So he makes this bridge between whatever, like, like there's, there's the things we do at home, and then there's things that we do at the church. And he says the church happens to be the household, and there's reasons why he uses that language, of the living God. Okay? So we'll talk more about that. Second is that, that many of the, of the women here in this situation were being quarrelsome, and they were going outside the boundaries, necessarily, of the God-ordained relationship that they had with their husband. And, and we're dealing with this a little bit more from the context of, of 
uh, no role distinctions. Their culture was very similar to ours in the pagan side of, of, of the world. In Corinth, uh, excuse me, in, in Ephesus, if you remember, um, all kinds of things were happening there. And, and uh, these people were saved out of that culture. I mean, that's, that's how they grew up. They had no context for the things he's going to just talk about now. No context whatsoever. And so that was an important comp- component. So let's look at the instruction. First of all, verses 11 and 12. Somebody want to read out loud verses 11 and 12 for us? Okay? Must be silent. Must remain quiet. Um, so this is the instruction. This is what Paul wants women to do. So let's talk about what it is, first of all, before we talk about why. So the women here were adopting a style of dress. Go back, if you would, to verse um, 9. He talked about the fact that they were not wearing proper clothing. They were, were wearing clothing and dressing in a way that was immodest, was not discreet, and they were, the, their agenda at the end of the day was to call attention to themselves. That was what was going on. Okay? And so um, uh, Paul says here that they should learn in quietness. And in, he uses the language of full submission. Not just submission, full submission is, is the language he uses. Um, it appears here that, that these women were expressing their um, liberation uh, 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 from their husbands um, and were criticizing and speaking out um, uh, in some way, shape, or form. Because he goes on to say that they should quietly receive instructions from their husbands. So there's something going on here tied to that relationship. Not sure what it is yet, but that's kind of what's happening, it appears. And so um, Paul goes right at this and speaks to the principle of full submission to the appropriate male leadership in the church of the people who were teaching them. So there's two parts to it. One is this, this idea of the people in the church who were, doing, who were teaching, and the second part had to do with their husbands. Both, both of them, he says, uh, have a prob- there's a problem here. Okay, Okay. so that, that's the instructions. Um, uh, next, let's take a look at verses 11 and tw- to 12. He says, Let a woman quietly receive instruction with entire submissiveness, uh, I, but I do not allow a woman to teach or exercise authority over a man, but to remain quiet or silent. Um, uh, Michael and I were talking about this earlier. Is, is the language here is, it, it doesn't, it, it confuses some things too. Um, but, but it's important to, to see what he is saying here. There's a bridge between verse 11 and 12. He's basically saying, um, I want you to um, uh, uh, have an attitude of, of, of being a learner um, through exercising submissiveness. And one way that you do that, that's the linkage between 11 and 12, is to not teach or exercise authority over men. That's the bridge okay, between the two. And so um, the teaching here prohibited um, uh, would 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 include the preaching and teaching of doctrine, what we talked about before, biblical truth, okay, um, in the church, and um, it may have extensions into Bible study, etc., with men, um, but that's what it's saying there. Uh, we'll talk about application further. Um, so this has nothing to do with um, with the. Uh, uh, issue of evangelistic witnessing or counseling or teaching subjects, although it could, and we're going to talk about that in application further. But Paul does not allow women, uh, Paul does allow women to teach other women and children. So this is, in Titus, he's very clear about that. He says this can happen. 
Um, and to have authority here, what he means is the idea of exercising uh, authority over. It's the idea of governing or ruling. Um, uh, and so that alone would, would probably prohibit a, a woman, since we linked it back to being an overseer, from the office of pastor to fulfilling that role as an office itself. Because a, a pastor or an elder or an overseer or a d- bishop or, or whatever you call that person must, dis, must have the, the ability to exercise the word of God in, in lives from an authoritative perspective. Okay, fair? All right. So even if a woman's, woman's husband were to grant her permission to do this, it doesn't appear, based upon the context, that this is an issue of the husband allowing it. This is an issue that's larger than that for some reason. Um, and Paul's guidance here has to do with authority with, uh, doing this in the church. He doesn't speak to doing it in government, doesn't do politics, doesn't talk about other things. He's talking about in the church. Okay? So next, let's take a look at the reasons why Paul commanded it. Would somebody read out loud verses 13 and 14? Okay, good. So two reasons why, two reasons why Paul says what he says. The first one has to do with the created order. For some reason, he's saying that the created order of Adam first, then Eve, in God's mind, spoke about hierarchy. The very fact that he named the animals and then named Eve has, has to do with authority. That has to do with authority. And so the first reason behind this, this uh, command of Paul, we're going to come back to what it means, is the created order, if you would. Okay. The second one, the second reason that he says is because Eve was deceived. So my question to you is, so therefore, women are easily deceived and therefore um, should not um, you know, teach men because they don't get it and men do. Is that what he's saying here? So, but, but that's how it's been used many times. So I would strongly say that the reason behind this has much more to do with what he's been saying since day one, which is this issue of exercising authority outside of the, the God-given bounds that I've been given, which for them would be their husbands. And so going outside of that somehow, some way, appears here to be the second reason why he says what he says. Um, he's saying that when you go outside those bounds of authority, you're, you're demonstrating your independent spirit in such a way that literally whether it's asking questions or whether it's teaching, you, you, you are tending, let's say, to dominate or control the situation. That's the key issue, which then is an exercising of authority. Can a person ask questions and not exercise authority? Absolutely. A woman can. But for some reason, he's saying they weren't. Fair? Okay? So that's the reasons. The, the next one is the promise. So what's in it for the woman? What's the promise? What, what's the value of, of doing it right? Somebody want to re- read this one out loud? Anybody? Okay, good. So there's value in this to the, to the woman who, who follows this approach. Um, first of all, the whole point of Eve having sinned first cast a spell on her for generations, so to speak, from the standpoint of thinking ill of her. And the very fact that women can somehow 
the word preserved, uh, uh, saved, uh, obviously from other scripture isn't talking about the fact that she has children, she's saved, she's rescued, she's she become a believer. It's talking about the fact that 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 a a, wo- a woman can be rescued or delivered from this stigma, if you would, of 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 being uh, the one who sinned by the very fact that they um, have a high calling by God to raise godly children. Um, what does that mean? Is that is that any accusation of inferiority? that would normally come as a result of that, is put to bed. It's put to, put to bed completely. Because they have the privilege of leading their children out of sin into godliness. So in order to live godly, what does the woman need to do? Well, they need to do those things right there. They need to trust God, learn how to trust God, faith. They learn how to love unconditionally. And they need to walk in holiness, sanctity, and they need to do it with self-restraint. What's self-restraint? It's, it's that they wouldn't lean fully into the very problem that the fall brought, which was the desire to control their husbands. They would not do that. They would exercise self, self-restraint and not go there. They would, quote, like Christ does to God, willingly submit to their, to their leader, to, to their husband in that situation. Okay? So, God has ordained men to be the leaders of both the church and the family. The point here is that um, to go against that is to perpetuate the disaster that arose as a result of the fall. And, and I like this last one is things really get messed up when you don't follow what God wants that to occur. So we're going to talk more about what is the that as it pertains to this whole subject. Okay. Last but not least, First uh, Corinthians fourteen thirty four through thirty six. Um, I'm going to go through this last. One really quickly. Somebody want to read that out loud? Okay. Hang on one second. Oh, gosh. All right. I don't know what that's all about, but... That's Windows 7 for you. That's not an Apple. So let me, let me finish this off uh, with a fill-in-the-blank, and then we'll, we'll, we'll get to the questions and answers, okay? So where did I leave off right here on the promise, right? So now we're in 1 Corinthians 14, and basically this whole passage here... Uh, the first, the first fill in the blank there has to do with this direct context. Here is regarding prophecy. It's regarding prophecy, and they, and he says here that this is true for all the churches, not just Corinth, all the churches. Okay, and when he says to keep silent here, he doesn't talk about. It's not the idea of of speaking at all. We already covered that. It's the idea of not being vocal. It's the idea of not being um, uh, 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 out loud, uh, boisterous and, and controlling is the idea. Um, the word to speak here isn't speaking generally. It's about not speaking by women. Uh, and not all speaking by women is forbidden, as we looked at already. Um, it's, it is to describe the action of addressing the assembly for the purpose of instruction and teaching and has to do with control over the assembly. And by standing up, one demonstrates or is showing authority. Authority. Okay? So this is a concrete expression of the principle of submission that has to do with a woman being, quote, tempted to exercise authority. Tempted to exercise authority. So some really quick comments here. Subject, he, he says, subject themselves as the law says. So he, he ties this back to the law. He ties this back to um, Genesis. Genesis. Um, and, and he says that um, this has to do with being forbidden to instruct the assembly of the believers. He says, let them ask their own husbands at home has to do with uh, speaking and questioning that can exercise dominion or control. 
Uh, these women were directing or leading the assembly by their questions. By their questions. And these questions could best be answered by their husbands at home without disturbing the assembly. Okay? So the fact that they felt compelled to ask their questions in the assembly, basically by its very nature, shows that their desire for attention and an inclination to control their husbands. That's, that's what it shows. That's why he speaks to that issue. Okay, so the word improper here actually means to, it's shameful. It's shameful, he says. That's, that's the last underline on page 10. Okay? So just conclusions really quickly, and uh, Michael can come up here. Women and men are fully equal in salvation, personhood, d- dignity, and value, but distinct in gender roles. Uh, he asks women to submit to men as unto the Lord and not usurp their God-given authority. As a result, what's the so what? Is that women are not to teach biblical doctrine to men, biblical truth, okay, and rule or dominate or exercise authority over men. Okay, that's the, that's the so what, coming from what we can see at least right here in the scriptures, okay. Permanence and scope is ever since Adam and Eve and beyond. He says, ever since that time. And it's universal, it's permanent, and it's authoritative for the church at all times, all places, in all circumstances. But last but not least, just as we close, always remember that it's God who designated this. What I've tried to do today is not get into the details, but try to talk about the principles of what God ordained for some reason. Let's come back to that, okay? But God did it. So he doesn't, he doesn't discriminate against anybody. God doesn't discriminate against anybody, okay? Um, the absolutely incredible value here is that God and Christ place... Um, a higher value on women than any other creed, any other religion, any other situation that exists. Look at all the women that he connected with and, and uh, post-resurrection and in his life. Uh, I mean, he had an affinity to love women rightly. Um, and uh, last but not least here is, is that uh, uh, women, Christian women have been given the spiritual gift of teaching and shepherding. They should use it to minister to the body with an attitude of submission and humility who utilize their gifts are, quote, indispensable to the life and growth of the local church. And you see a number of things there that women are called to do in the local church that really sets them in an incredibly high value within the body, which has to do with willing, submissive learners, gifted mentors in discipleship, teach and educate younger women and children spiritually, be testimonies of His grace, skilled hostesses, and humble servants. Okay, Just Just to name a few. The last page, um, I just gave you some, some context of, of women in the, in the New Testament. And uh, with that, we'll, uh, we, we'll, I'll turn it over to Michael here to help facilitate through the questions on the front end and then your questions and answers. Why we're asking for your prayer usually today. Uh, some of the things that might bother you immensely is there are questions you have that um, I, I don't really have. This is really one of those subjects to apply. So be patient with me. So, um, questions. Trying to get clarity on some of the questions that are here, also that we gave you, just how you can think of. No, it's warm. Yes, yeah, yeah. nice. So Pat's question was um, to the women: How does this make you feel? Was that t- primarily tied to all men situation? While you're coming up, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that's where you're going. So let me just speak to that issue because I. I would. I, I'm not there yet, as far as all men, all time. Uh, what we wanted to do was be very clear about what we think the scriptures do say, not not, not what they don't say. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. So, so that's a great feedback. And let me just say that that's why that's why we're having this conversation. And I am not at a place personally yet where I'm I'm I've come to a conclusion on all men, all women. I, I think it's very clear as far as leadership in the church, and it's very clear as far as um, what appears to be you know husband wife relationships. That's where I land right now. Um, I. Saying is, so let's let's ask questions in a humble way or in a, in a re- <clears throat> one of the one of the Bible wants to maintain a spirit of submiss in the church, especially women to their husbands. Same way, husbands can ask rather than exact a loving, respectful way. So just as I would look at husbands and say, um, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the say to. Right. And I know you don't have a problem with that at all. I know, but but the the point though is is not to say that women can't ask. What does it mean to ask them in a respectful, bucking of authority, circumventing of authority? So we can have amazing dialogue. All questions are fair game, so long as the spirit asks all your questions. There's no. And I, I I appreciate you saying that, just because I did not want any conclusions walked away with that perspective. That was the exact reason why I didn't want to say what I was saying. So so I I, I appreciate the input. Yeah, but. By the way, that 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 very issue is 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 part of the fall. That very issue, not questioning the issue of on the men's side, okay, of lording over is part of the fall. That 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 wasn't there before the fall. So. It seems, it seems like Adam fully responsible. I think I think in sin is because the creator. The way God works is the first brothers. My oldest brother. This is the way God works, and so for him it's very. That's the illustration. It's interesting. Is is. Is uh, God the fathers oversee that in, is God a step? submission that sometimes abuses, but it's all live in a place of submission and no God touches his order into it. Says the Phil Jackson. This is actually just part of the aspect of life. Till we get to the home, this is where some issues come. God, everything he touches, he puts hierarchy in a sense. It would make sense that as he talks about the church and Adam is first and then it's the way the world works. For some reason, when we get to the church, yeah, and that's a great question. And I think one of the things that the Bible is clear about is that explicit thing. Um, all the way up through. So let me build on that. Why why can Brianne teach uh, and equip our um, when when you say what you say? Yep. Yeah, and so there are two issues here, and I'm talking about my wife, so I like my wife. Um, but uh, so there there are two primary. Bible puts limitations on what. That's part of the practice that actually we're all. Paul does address practice for this church, and. Um, and we were 100 explicitly the t- subject she were speaking extra biblical issues the Bible speaks to. Now I'm not saying it's the best. I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying. But um, when you talk about cutting, I mean, Brandon, kind of ish. I mean, it's it's a little bit different. But, uh, but in the same sense, though, like I, I'm not telling you I have the perfect answers. I, I'm not. Well, I'll jump in. I'll jump in on it, on it because the issue isn't teaching. The issue is exercising authority. So so to the extent that that Brianne did what she did. With the wrong attitude, and wanting to have a, 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 an attitude or a disposition of, of exercising authority over men, then that would probably be wrong. But but one, she didn't do that because we talked about it beforehand. Number two is, and and I'll add to that is that um, we we felt comfortable because you have either myself, you know, or to be able to um, defer to or re, you know defer to should that kind of an issue come have to exercise authority. So that's. She's functioning underneath that that old umbrella of that's 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 what I what, that's where I, now that may not be how everybody sees it you know that's what that's what we've talked about as far because we in the past probably would would shy away from that well in that situation that context that heart then pay with that 
head right now. Right, and so I'm trying to like sort them all in my head. Primarily, uh, setting authoritative teaching. Ask her to speak on specific subjects that she has reason on. Um, I would consider them extra biblical. Wide, huge. That the two. Uh, part of what goes on, for example, when Matt Souls teaches, he's speaking with authority. He's speaking as uh, and say a lot of things that we might. But we do. So it's a little bit. I could go on about all the reasons. But we did talk through that, and 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 those were some of the reasons why. May not be the right reasons. Um, that's the whole purpose of this conversation that we wanted to start here was to talk these things through and really exercise them with each other. Right, right. And Brianne, um, maybe could you just share really quickly what, um, like at Faith, how how they handled that really quickly. Um, so women are teaching men there in a context. Faith Baptist at Lafayette. Biblical Counseling Conference. Right. Church and most. Now women, um, for Paul, they're allowed to pray, allowed to prophesy, allowed to... There's a whole bunch of things. This is not a matter of when he says women need to keep silent. This is where the English... Because it's like far more than even he's... But there is a sense in... There's not a be something that won't change. This is not the direction-setting venue of the church. Especially in the hot topics where it's bringing to light what's there. A lot of conclusions that scenario. The conclusion by the elders. Anybody can say anything they want in here. Yeah, no, that's a really good question. It, the question, really, I think you're asking is, Eve was deceived. Was Adam deceived, or did he do it like his truth and not? And they made a decision to do that. I think the latter is true, and and that could be why God holds him accountable, not her. But I think it goes beyond that. Also, probably both. You got to break your quick, but go ahead. Great. <laughs> Tell you what, not everybody uh, probably wants that unless you do, but we're running late at time, so I'll talk to you right after this if I could. Um, can, you, can you close in prayer, yeah. Michael? Yeah, all right, let's pray. Father, again, thanks for this opportunity to talk through it and uh, just confess to you that um, it's humility, um, all um, submission to your word, and ultimately to you. I do pray for the women. Amen.